And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving Today we have Amanda Page Cornett on the show. What a sweetheart she was to talk to. It was great to hear from her and all about what she's been doing and how she's been doing and where she's going next. Um, I really can't thank her enough for her time and her her uh, her commitment to being a part of this show. Um, this was kind of like a a long a long wait for Amanda here. Um, we had discussed having her on the show a long 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 ago. Um, and we finally got her to be on. So thank you again, Amanda, so much and your team for their time. Um, as always, before we get started, I want to thank American Grit and Grace, Rowdy Roads, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Boone's Bourbon, Afterglow Boutique. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Killer Cowboys Radio, um, Mitch Max, everybody that is... Um, continue to support us. Thank you all so much. Um, without further ado, Amanda Page Cornett. Hi, Amanda. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Sorry, my dog just was like, Mom, you're home. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Thanks so much for taking uh, taking some time today and having a yes, chat with me sorry about, I about you. Earlier. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. You know, everything happens for a reason, so. Yeah, sometimes when, like, especially if an iPhone or something messages my Android, I have it on don't use the stock messenger. Yeah. I made sure to check it because I was like, I feel like I should have heard something behind the house. So that's why yeah. I went ahead and checked it. Because I was like, sometimes it doesn't come through and sometimes it does. Yeah, yeah. When I had Android, that was the same kind of situation I would always find myself in. I was like, why am I not hearing from these people? And then I was like, oh. Right. Well, and I have a, I have a separate messenger. Like, you can make it cuter, look cuter, and 
like change yeah. the features on it. And that's what I use, but sometimes it doesn't. Right, right. Yeah, it's technology is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Are you um, able to hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. I can hear okay. you great. Good. Um, so tell me about you. What have you got going on? Where, where are you from? How did you get into this whole thing? Um, you know, I, I want to know about you and I'll interject here along the way and, and we'll go from there. Well, I'm originally from Spartanburg, South Carolina, which has had quite a few musicians come out of there, especially for like a mid-sized city. I think second only to Lubbock, Texas for mid-sized. Um, and I've been making up songs as long as I could talk. And at some point, I think when I was nine, I started actually writing them down and it just has expanded since then. I mean, I, I performed my first original song at Lake Junalesco when I was on a church trip and I think I was 13 or 14, something like that. And that was kind of the moment I knew that that was definitely what I was meant to do. And so, you know, my parents always said, you can do whatever you want as long as you work hard for it. Yeah. And uh, I, I warn parents that sometimes some of us listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, ha so are you in Nashville now full time or are you? I am. Yeah. How long, I'm in in How long have you been there? Way too long. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I've been here since, um, gosh, when did I move out here? Oh, four? Sometime in 04, I think. Nice. And you've yeah. just been kind of, you know, um, grinding away at, at your career and, and kind of going, going with the flow, or are we just, you know, trying to really make a push to you know, something bigger than you already have established? Well, I, I definitely came in with the attitude knowing that I had a lot to learn mm -hmm. and that I wasn't, it wasn't going to be like an overnight thing. And so I really did take time to, to learn from other people who had had success and to write with better people and really work on honing my skills, um, as well as working with a great voice coach, great guitar coach. Um, so when I've, it took a long time before I recorded my first full album, but when I did, it really felt like it was the album that I wanted to make, that my band and I really wanted to make and that we truly loved. So I feel like even though it took a really long time, it was worth waiting on it instead of just putting something out that maybe I wouldn't have appreciated as much. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, now the band you're with, have you guys kind of been together from the get-go or do you have, you know, guns for hire come in and out? I have been with most of my band for a little over 10 years, which is very unusual for a solo artist. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, two brothers and a sister, um, Randall Scott Peterson on guitar. And he was my co-producer on the album because they're a very integral part of my sound. And then Sherry Peterson Tennell on bass. And then her twin brother on drums, Sean Peterson, which right now he's kind of on a hiatus. So we have another drummer, Sean, which is kind of funny. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I've been together with them for a long time, the Almost Angels band. And, you know, you can't really beat sibling, sibling musicians. So. Right. No, absolutely. I'm sure they feed off of each other very well. And, you know, they have that intuition that, you know, non-siblings just don't have. Absolutely. And we couldn't have two of any of our personalities. <laughs> it would, it, it's a perfect mixture. If we, if somebody leaves, we have to find somebody with a similar personality because otherwise 
it wouldn't click. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so I know you're, you know, you're doing your thing, and I, I have to say, your sound is unique in a very positive way in the Nashville country music overall Thanks. blanket sound. <laughs> um, you know, I really love it because you have that, you know, and and please correct me if you disagree, but you know, you very much have that bluesy, soulful, like almost 90s-esque female country sound that we just don't get anymore. Well, I call it Southern Rock and Soul. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's somewhere between the Judds, which I feel like that's definitely what they were, um, and Janis Joplin. So it's got a little bit yeah. of rock, a little bit of country, <laughs> Southern Rock. And a blues. So, and that's actually one reason we went down to Muscle Shoals to record our album. Um, Nashville has some of the best musicians in the world. However, they get so used to jumping in the studio, listening to the song once, throwing down their part two, three times, and then leaving. And I think sometimes that the music loses its its heart and soul from that. Yeah. So my band actually played on the album and we actually took a full week and went down to Muscle Shoals, Alabama to Nuthouse Recording Studio. And that area is just magical anyway. But all of the guys that played, even the overdubs, the guy that played steel, the guy that played fiddle, the horns guys were all awesome. And I feel like down there, they still want to put their personal touch on it and they still want it to be great. It's not just go in and gun for hire kind of thing. Yeah they want it to be right and they want to put their own touch on it as well. So I, I think that that's something magical that, that I think that was a good call on our part. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting. And it's funny you say that because I've been hearing that a lot lately where, you know, and again, not to knock Nashville because I love Nashville and everything that, you know, everything to do at Nashville, but when it comes to the recording process, it, it does, you're right. It seems like it's a, you know, turn them and burn them kind of thing it's like all right who's Absolutely. next and it's, and it's a revolving door and like yeah you may get something great out of that but you're probably not going to get something great you're going to get something good but you're not going to get something great right well and, and, um, and that, I agree I, I actually have a mission statement for my music and I gave every musician that played on the album a I printed out little picture sizes of my mission statement to give to each person because I wanted them to know why we were making this album and not just you know not just to be a big you know big commercial success or not just to be this or that but i wanted them to know my mission in music which is to create and execute authentic musical experiences people can deeply feel yeah yeah and you know your sound and, and the songs you have released you know i really feel like that's you know what it is you know because when i was present you know when you know when jill presented me uh, with you and I listened to your stuff it was like ab absolutely because this is a sound that we're not getting you know that commercial this isn't the commercial sound and it's oh I appreciate that <laughs> you know, oh of course but like that that's you know what I'm trying to push here is not you know obviously you know I'm gonna do stuff with the commercial success too absolutely. because it, it's eyeballs right but um you know it, it's talent like yours that you know I really want to push out there because it's it's genuine, it's soulful, it's it's country music at its finest. Well, I appreciate that. I think that you know, country music's made up of a lot of different music, and 
you know, they like try to paint you into a genre and I'm like, you know what, I'll just make my own, which is how I came up with Southern Rock and Soul. So it's a mixture of country, blues, Southern Rock. And, you know, that's kind of where my music has landed with my band. So I just yeah. ran with it. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're doing great. You know, I mean, when it comes to the authenticity and, you know, building your career, you know, I, I think you're on a path that will, will take you there. Um, what do you, what is your plan, you know, going forward the rest of the year, next year, what do you got lined up? I'm always working on writing and stuff. My band and I have been slowly coming up with the idea of working on a, a little heavier rock album, which I think would just be fun doing like a little yeah. EP that way. But also, you know, before the pandemic, we were trying to book as much as we possibly could. So now trying to start doing that as well again, try to get some touring together. It's everybody's trying to do that right now, though. So it's kind of there's a lot of supply for the demand right now. So it's everybody's trying to get back out there. So it's kind of you got to get in when you can and keep pushing and keep contacting people and just that's I think booking is absolutely the hardest part of this business um, for me at least uh, unless you have a national booking agent which is one of the things that we've been looking into especially before the pandemic so um, it's hard to do everything by yourself so you kind of got to get help with that but we're always writing I'm always writing new music um, and trying to play more shows and I mean the ultimate goal is to be on the road and be able to support my band and be on the road full-time to where they don't have to work other jobs or whatnot and that we can just go out and share our music with the world yeah so have you done any sort of you know extensive touring yet or is that still um on the horizon we've done some we've done more regional stuff where we you know play a few times here play and kind of had a little circuit where we would play you know once a month in this town and once a month in this town kind of thing Mm -hmm. um, but we've been really pushing. I'd, I've also done some solo stuff where I go to a city and do like five shows and four shows in five days or something right. like a house, a house party mixed in with other places where I do solo stuff. Um, but we have not done a full length one. And like I said, until I can get something that's going to be lucrative enough to be able to take my band, I can do that as a solo artist or it has to be you know, at least lucrative that I can pay them so that they can take the time off that they need and, and go out with me. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's funny you say that because I've been hearing that a lot with artists where it's, you know, I just, I just kind of need a connection or a contact to, you know, different parts and, you know, hopefully, you know, get more gigs in different places rather than what's, you know, quote unquote, easy to get to within the Nashville and within that region. Right. Um, you know, so Nashville I, doesn't pay much. So. Right. Right. You know, so you're not alone there and in, in that, <laughs> in that battle. And, it, and it's, you know, it's interesting and it gets my gears going about, you know, different things and, you know, trying to help the people that are on this show that, that need it, you know, so so I absolutely. think that's a, any help. That, I'll take any help I can get with booking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's an avenue we're going to start to go down in the next couple of months. And, you know, cause you know, the people I talk to, um, you know, yourself included, like you have a talent that needs, needs that outreach. And, you know, I'm in a city where country music is really kind of 
blossomed and exploded over the last decade. And, you know, we, we you? need, we're in Boston. Well, I'm oh, okay. Right on. Um, you know, so, you know, and I know around here, there's a lot of places always looking for, for talent and, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I think we're going to start helping That'd people along the way there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I keep hearing it and it's like, why not help? You know, that's, that's what this show is supposed to be about. So why not, you know, help in another avenue as well, where I, where I can do a little more. Absolutely. Well, I have a friend that's a, that's a beer rep down in Florida and he's, he has a lot of friends in Nashville. So he started asking some of the bars, Hey, do you mind if I bring some of my Nashville people down? And he kind of started a, a nice little circuit where he would bring us down to play four or five shows in like a week period. And the bars loved it because they were getting different music than the same, the same beach music that they would hear every day from the Florida <laughs> artists. Right, not, right. And not to knock them, but it was just no, they no. were getting original music and they were getting something different. And so they loved it. So he kind of became their their booking guy for a little while while he was still doing the beer rep thing. It just used his bar connections from the, from repping. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's that's how it, that's how it, this whole industry works. Right. It's all about who, you know, and how well you know them and 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 whatnot. So it's absolutely it's, it's really great. Um, so. What kind of connections in town do you have that are, you know, helping you push push your your stuff? Uh, well, I've been a part of a couple of different organizations, including like Songwriter Girl Camp with Kirsty Mana, uh, which is awesome. It's a camp where we people of women of all ages come in and they don't they not only learn about songwriting and co-writing and stuff, but also the business side of things. And that has definitely connected with me with other people, some entertainment lawyers, people like that, publishers, different things, um, including one of my my favorite co-writers, Mark Narmore, who actually has five songs on the album. And he actually is the one that brought me down into the Muscle Shoals family. And that has been a, a really, really, really big blessing. That yeah. I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed every time going down there and writing. And it, it's truly is inspiring as the documentary makes it look if you have seen it it's just called muscle shoals and it's 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 amazing i got to meet rick hall the first time i went down before he passed away i got to meet tom Hendricks, the guy that created that that hand built the wachapi indian wall commemorative wall and that area there is something inspirational about the area i don't know how to explain it but there's something different down there (laughs) yeah no absolutely and you know I, from what I've seen and what I've heard, you know, even a lot of the, you know, more soulful um, artists like yourself have started to go there, you know, that are, Mm -hmm. that are country music based to do the same thing you're doing, you know, and I, cause, cause there's a magic in that, in those rooms and in that area. So some some of the greatest records of all time have come out of there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, going into the, uh, what's the, Jackson Street Studio, which mm. became called now. But anyway, it was like the second or third studio down there. And you know, you go in the bathroom and they're like, hey, by the way, Sweet Child of Mind was written in that bathroom. Right. You know, and you're like, all right. So it's like, I'm going to get my picture in this taken from the outside of the bathroom while I'm in here. <laughs> you know, but, and why would you think you would ever do that except that you know that some of the, one of the, 
you know, a great, great song was written just from somebody taking a breather. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So how how often do you get to, you know, play in Nashville and, and do your thing there? Are you doing it regularly? Are you doing it, you know, when things come up? Right now, I'm kind of doing things piecemeal, like when something comes up. I did a, a benefit for Boy Scouts of Middle Tennessee last week um, at the on the 28th floor of the Westin, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Great view of downtown. Um, it was a little cold once the heaters turned off, but but it was great to be a part of an event where they were raising money for something good. And um, we've been playing a lot up in like Franklin, Kentucky, which is just a little north of Nashville. Mm-hmm. The the hard part about Nashville is there's such there's so much supply for the demand that you kind of have to be here to be good enough but then you have to go elsewhere to make any money right so it's kind of a catch-22 um so but we my band and I end up playing periodically we very rarely play downtown like the downtown bars and stuff unless it's a built-in crowd or a special event and that's just a personal choice with with our other parts of our lives as well and and I Honestly, I feel like if I were down there just every day playing cover songs, cover songs, cover songs, I'd probably lose my love for the music a little bit. It probably yeah. probably put me on that other side a little bit just because when you're having to do current covers and all that, I feel like all you're doing is getting compared to the radio. And that kind of takes out a little bit of the creativity of it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So. But the, yeah. I mean, the bands downtown are the best you'll ever hear. However, I just, they don't get paid very much. And for as much work as they put in, they should definitely be paid a lot more. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, like that, that, that could be a whole other episode of the, of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so I know you've just, you know, released some stuff. And, you know, how is that going for you? Great. Um, we've been releasing out um, singles from the Front Porch Rebel album, that the one that we um, recorded down at Nuthouse Recording in Sheffield, Alabama, the Muscle Shoals area. And it's been going well. Thankfully, in 2019, I ended up recording a couple of music videos. <laughs> so thankfully, when the pandemic hit, I still had new stuff to release because we had been working on it since the year before. Um, and then this year, we had a gentleman approach us who wanted to do a music video for Dreamcatcher that I wrote with Mark Normore. And it's really the only true story song on the album. And it was really one of the last ones added to the recording. We, Mark and I sat down to write and we were like, what am I missing from this album? And we were like a story song. And we had been working on Dreamcatcher for a while, but it wasn't right. It wasn't right. So we revisited it and totally, we think, fixed it and decided it was it was a great one for the album and it's fun song we did a lot of research with it as well that's awesome that and that that's so fun right it must be fun to do a video and especially of a song that you know you've put your your heart and soul into absolutely it's it's always fun and i I enjoy working with different directors because they always have different views and angles and things that they see that I don't see because that's their forte and so I love working with different directors and photographers it's always a fun it's always a fun experience to see how they put things together and see where their 
creativity takes them. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you're going to get, you know, what, you know, especially when you work with other people that are also creative, you know, you're going to, I don't want to say riff in a bad way, but you're going to get something different. You know, their interpretation of what you're saying about it might be different than what you intended and that sort of thing. So that, that's, that's also interesting too, to see that. Absolutely. And sometimes you have to be like, well, we need to guide it a little this way or whatnot. But uh, a lot of times it's a collaboration between the artist and the director. Um, And so it's kind of, you're both working towards making something that's interesting, but that also still sticks to the, the song or sticks to the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with these releases you're putting out, is there a, is there a plan to, you know, release more stuff in the coming future or are we kind of doing it as it comes? Well, I definitely have have some plans to release. I have one music video that I've done that I haven't released as of yet. And so um, that is probably going to be the next single. Um, We're also recording another song that's not on the album that happened to, that one happened to come about because I played it for a Christmas benefit last year. And then we started having people ask about it and it wasn't recorded yet. So that's another song that we're working on recording. another one of the ones I wrote down in Muscle Shoals with Mark and uh, Spooner Oldham and Carl Holder. So it's kind of a little bit of both, a little hodgepodge of both releasing stuff from the album. And also when you know something sparks interest, you know, you start thinking, Oh, I need to go in and record that one as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Once, once those creative juices start flowing, it's, it's hard to stop them. Absolutely. And that's a great problem to have. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, a hundred percent. So I did want to touch a, touch upon um, something else that you've done that isn't music related, um, if you don't mind. I would like sure. to talk a little bit about your acting career. Yes. So you want to tell us a little bit about that and how that came to be and, um, and I've things been, like that? Sure. I've been acting. I mean, as long as I've been singing, probably and. If you ask my preschool teacher, she was not surprised that I'm in the entertainment business. Allegedly, I used to roll my eyes quite a bit when I was in preschool. Um, <laughs> maybe it was a little dramatic. Um, but I've, I think that acting and music go hand in hand if you want to be an entertainer, not just a singer. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very big on that. I think that when people are, are performing a song, singing a song, if I don't believe them, then I'm probably not going to like the song. It could be the best song in the world, but if the singer doesn't seem to understand what they're singing, to me, that's a big problem. So I think my acting has been very beneficial to my music because I want to make sure that I'm putting out the right emotion for each song, depending on what it is, whether it's happy, sad, you know, sassy or whatnot. I want to make sure that the correct emotion goes into the song so that the audience can feel that emotion not just hear it but feel it right right and that's that's fantastic um you know i know you've been in in some movies like junkyard dog and shattered and uh mayhem's razor how how did you get into those um i have a talent agent here in uh, nashville that's totally different than you know music booking agent type thing 
-hmm. everything's separate, but um, I do have a talent agency here that I work with that sets me up for auditions and it's been a lot of fun. I actually auditioned to be a stunt double on Junkyard Dog, which was kind of hilarious because in LA you have to have extensive stunt training and it's, it's a big, a big industry out there and it's pretty serious, but in Nashville, we don't really have that. So anybody with gymnastics experience is all of a sudden up for, you know, doing stunts, which I did gymnastics when I was younger and I'm still pretty fit. And uh, the fun thing was that it ended up, they were looking for songs still for the movie. I was about three, four inches too tall for the girl that they were trying to get me to stunt double for. And um, <laughs> she's done a lot of things now, Galadriel. Um, I can't remember her last name, but uh, they ended up putting one of my songs in the movie instead. And I got to sing it and just be myself in the movie, which was even better. So That's awesome. Viv- yeah, it was really cool. Vivica Fox was the biggest name. Vivica Fox and Brad Dora were the two really big names at the time. Um, Galadriel, I think Stedman, and then Casey Ennis have both been doing tons of stuff. I see them all on TV now all the time. I think it was one of their earlier movies. Um, but it, it was so much fun. Vivica Fox came up on stage and interrupted my song. So I had to act like, excuse me, you know, why are you interrupting my music? I'm trying to yeah. sing here. <laughs> but she was a lot, she was pretty cool. She was, as soon as they'd cut, she was a trip. So that's awesome. Now, did so did they film the whole thing in Nashville or just parts of it? They filmed the whole thing of Junkyard Dog in Fairview, Tennessee, which is about 20 minutes west of Nashville. Okay. Uh, we were really hoping to start getting a lot more movie business, but uh, states like North Carolina and Georgia are offering better incentives than Nashville is right now. Yeah. So we're still hoping that maybe this town has so many networks and so many outlets to film that if the state would give a little bit better incentives, I think that it, it would definitely take off and send the acting community booming in Nashville. Yeah, you know, the same kind of thing happens here where, you know, we get <clears throat> over the last 10 years or so, we've gotten a lot of, you know, big time movies have come in, filmed and, and done their thing. And it's, you know, it really has helped, you know, the local economy for one, but, you know, kind of, you know, it makes Boston a more, you know, desired destination for, for things. And, you know, absolutely surprisingly, you know, the state hasn't screwed that up yet. So that's, that's always a bonus. Yeah. So Tennessee needs is still working on that one. (laughs) Yeah. We have, we're losing out on a lot of things right now because just because of, I guess, previous administrations that I guess didn't see the film industry as being that big a deal, which hopefully in the future they will start realizing that it is great for bringing people in as well for local economy as far as crew, even crew and yeah. actors and people being put up in hotels and not just tourists. Um, it's, it can be a very lucrative thing if you give the right incentives for them to come here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but speaking of your acting chops, I did, and tell me if this is incorrect, but I read somewhere um, that you had a scene in Country Strong that I did ultimately didn't cut. make the yeah. So what was that? <laughs> how how was that? Like what what was the scene supposed to be? Um, if I remember correctly, we ended up having to film it twice because it 
snowed or something the first time and it wasn't supposed to be a snowy night so we ended up having to go back and film it um it was basically at a little biker bar and i mean i was i think i was just an extra it might have we might have had like little improv lines or whatnot but um somehow that little piece of tidbit that little tidbit got on my imdp page <laughs> the international movie database page and it says had a part in country strong but it ultimately wound up on the cutting room floor and i was like great that's my one <laughs> trivia line on imdb <laughs> hey you know what most people don't even have a trivia line in imdb so that's pretty that's good. true that is true i don't because i think originally it did show me as being in there when they first registered the movie and then i guess once they did final cuts they went through and took people off that didn't make the final cut so yeah. <laughs> i got yeah. paid that's all that mattered <laughs> that's right that's right and you know it's 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 a shame because it's such a great movie you know it really is yeah um, and i mean i don't know i i'm guessing that that scene just wasn't as integral to the story as others would have been it was it was definitely a a extra kind of part um so it was fun to be on the set either way and whether it gets in there or not you still get paid for the for the time you put in so right right so I have a few more things before I, I, I let you go here. And um, one is how do we, how do we get in contact with you? How do we follow you? Where can we follow you? Um, where can we find all your music and, and things like that? Awesome. You can go to www.amandapagecornet.com. There's no I in page and because I'm a total dork, you can also go to www.noiandpage.com. That's awesome. Because <laughs> my co-writers and I always joke whenever we do writer nights, I always say, no, I am page. So I had a free URL come up and I was like, no, I am page. There we go. But if you go, <laughs> if you go to my website, it has the links to where you can buy all my music for Spotify, Apple, um, Google, Amazon, whatnot. And it'll say buy here and it'll give you, show you the links where you can buy different mediums and also Spotify, whatnot. I'm on Instagram, Amanda P. Cornette, um, Facebook, Amanda Page Cornette Music, and Twitter, Amanda P. Cornette. So um, you can find me most places and uh, shoot me a message, whatnot. You can shoot me a message through my website as well, and it'll come to my email address. And I'm usually the one that checks that. I do have a few other people that help me check it, but I uh, tend to be the one that responds back to people, especially if it's a personal message. So yeah, so I'd love for people to connect. I feel like without fans and without audience members, there's nothing, like we don't exist. And so I know one question I get a lot is, if people are at a show, is it okay for them to approach you, whatnot? And I always find that question odd because I feel like, yes, of course it's okay for them to approach me. I'm there for them. I'm not just there for me. <laughs> so Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's always nice to have artists that interact with, with the fans, you know, because it, that's where it's, that's where, you know, what, that's where it could die on the vine, you know, is, is that disconnect between fans and artists. And like, I get it. Artists are busy and everybody's busy, you know, but, I think it's a huge testament to the artists that do, you know, take the time to reach out. Um, Absolutely. You know, but and obviously I've... not if you have an iPhone, so. <laughs> Apparently not, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten, I've had the opportunity to um, see some of the, kind of the old guard, like I'm friends with Marshall Tucker Band and 
I've gotten to become friends with Artemis Powell from Leonard Skinner. And, you know, Artemis actually played drums for my band one time to fill in for our drummer. My, wow. my band always jokes, don't miss a show or you'll get replaced with somebody way better. So, yeah, well, that, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's not so bad having Artemis Powell play for, my, play for the Almost Angels. It was, it was pretty magical. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure. You know, there were a lot of people that came out to that show just to see him because they follow what he's doing. And hmm. I definitely want to be part of that group of musicians who takes the time and doesn't blow people off. Artemis, like I've seen many other people. Um, Brenda Lee was like this when I met her. Anybody that wanted to come up to her, she didn't seem annoyed at all. She was genuinely happy to see them and meet them and thankful they were there. And that's the way Artemis was as well. And like he had one girl lady come up and say, oh, my daughter sings. And he was like, oh, well, sing me something, you know. And he really actually took the time to actually listen and pay attention and not just say, oh, yeah, I'll sign that. See you. Bye. Nice to meet you. And I think that that's sometimes a lost art. And I think that people like Taylor Swift have done a really good job at continuing to engage with their audience. And I 100% appreciate that. And I hope that, that I will not ever lose that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, it's funny because, um, you know, I see that a lot, you know, and especially in this industry where, you know, it's kind of funny to me that, you know, a lot of independent artists will get that kind of taste of, you know, of the limelight, you know, per se, Mm -hmm. and then, and then they'll forget you know, real quick too, what it, what it was like before that jolt of success, you know, and it, it's just very interesting how, how that all plays out and can work at times. You know, I'm not saying they at all, it happens to everybody, you know, but it's, you know, I can't tell you how many bands, especially when I was in college that I would follow around to, you know, all over New England and down up and down the East coast and, you know, spend time with them after, after shows and have a drink and, you know, all this stuff. And then they get that little bit of success and it kind of, all that interaction. They kind of forget about everybody else. Right. It, it, like, like it yeah. goes away and it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, you had a, you had a touch of success, but you know, you're not as successful as, you know, maybe you think you are. And I don't, I, you. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And I, I, that sounds really bad. And I don't mean to no, say that. I think that's very like, fair. Um, you know, it, I think it's, it's fair. I think that it, to me, it's way more endearing to see somebody who still remembers the people that helped them out. A, a co-writer of mine, Stephanie Brown, uh, wrote a lot with Garth or wrote for Garth or something. There was some sort of connection there. And he did an interview one time and he said, Oh, one of, I think one of the best songwriters is Stephanie Brown. And she was just shocked because it had been so long since they had worked together, but it was really cool that he, you know, was looking back in his catalog of, you know, people he knew and was calling out a name that nobody else maybe would have ever known. Right. But it was important to him and he still called it out. And, you know, they, a lot of, artists want to try to get big name writers on their albums and I'm very thankful to have a couple of our couple of people on my album that have had some great success but I also have some amazing writers co-writers who people don't know who they are yet but they're amazing writers and just because you don't know who they are yet 
doesn't mean you're not going to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, as, as you, as you know, I'm sure this business can change overnight, you know, absolutely. What isn't today could definitely be tomorrow. And that overnight success is probably at least seven to 10 years. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so I can't thank you enough for, for taking your time today to, to talk to me and tell me about you and your story. It's, it's been a lot of fun learning about you. Um, And I really can't wait to continue to watch what you're doing and how well you're doing it because you're doing it really well. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, you know, Dreamcatcher is the most recent video we put out, but we also put out uh, one for throw a little gas, one for Carolina coast. And there's another one we did too. I can't think. Well, we have one for Swamp Love if you're a Gator fan, <laughs> too. So check those out on YouTube if you get a chance and share them and like them. And yeah, if you like them, yeah. I always say, if you really like music and if you really realize you couldn't have made it through the pandemic without music, buy albums, whether it's downloads or physical albums, buy music, pay for it, because that's the only way that artists can continue making it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree with you anymore. Um, So my last two questions, and they're really kind of, you know, the way I cap off these interviews or these conversations, as I like to call them. Two questions, because we are the Boots and Whiskey podcast. One, what is your brand of boot that you wear? And two, what is the brand of whiskey you would prefer? Hmm. Okay. So if I had my choice of boots, I don't have any of these, but um, hint, hint, if anybody wants to sponsor them. I would love to have a pair of Lucases. Um, yeah. Right now, I have a couple of pair that are actually game day boots that have um, gators on them, Florida gators on them. And nice. I love those. And it's a it's a cool brand. And I definitely think if you're a, a fan of the sports team, check out game day boots because they're, they're pretty cool. Um, and they're r- real leather. They also have little like uh, wallet purses and stuff. Um, and whiskey, as far as whiskey goes, I would probably say Fireball or Honey Jim Beam. Okay. So actually, you know, my band and I actually tend to like Fireball better than Fire Jack. And then the really? Honey Jim Beam is really great to put into, um, a blah, blah, blah. like if you're drinking a hot toddy or have a cold or something. Oh. Yeah. And also Squirrel Peanut Butter Whiskey. Nice. That's one of the nice. new ones that I've been into. Yeah, yeah, I hear the peanut butter whiskey is good, but like it's it's funny because I'm not much of a peanut butter person, unless you know it's a peanut butter and jelly or whatever. But like the straight <laughs> peanut butter alone taste is not like my favorite in the world. But um, so well, a friend of mine does the she does the trifecta when she comes home from teaching high schoolers all day. And she's had a rough day. She does peanut butter whiskey, chocolate whiskey, and Bailey's. Oh, all right. So I can have very little of that. That's a little much for me. But, but you know, it tastes, it's got the cream, the chocolate, and the peanut butter. So it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, sound, it definitely sounds interesting. That's for sure. That, I might have to try that. Because, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of different concoctions people have do and make over the last, you know, several months and it's like huh that sounds interesting but I'm not sure if it's interesting enough for me to try it it, it tastes but, pretty good you just want to yeah. do very little of it because it's a little sweet so yeah. just very little on ice you know 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, now now that I'm thirsty for a drink, it might be time. <laughs> um, so thank you again so much. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time. You know, I know time is very valuable, especially in this industry. So I really, I don't take it for granted and I thank you for it. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Amanda. Anytime you All want right. to come back on and talk about whatever you got coming up or if you're doing a tour, just, you know, let me know and, and we'll awesome. have you back for sure. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. My conversation with Amanda Page Cornett. Thank you so much again, Amanda, for being on the show and telling us about you and what your dreams and your aspirations have been and are still to come. Um, thank you so much for your time. As always, guys, thank you for listening. Um, take a look, uh, take a look, take a listen to the other episodes we have. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, which has become real huge. Um, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out anywhere. If you have any guests you wanted to see, reach out. Season two is starting to ramp up and book. Um, we're going to start doing in-depth whiskey reviews. So if you have any whiskeys you'd like me to review, um, shoot me a Venmo um, and I'll be able to get those. And if you know any distillers that want to be on the show, you know, big ones, small ones, whatever, send them my way. Um, would love to have a conversation with them. Again, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you soon. Bye. Oh, how could I forget the tagline? Keep the boots on the ground, whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone. Happy holidays. <laughs>